You're listening to the Life in Christ Church podcast, your place for life-changing messages that will build your faith and propel your life. If you enjoyed today's message, why don't you be a blessing and share it with a friend? And then we're going to be doing a healing class. So we're going to just get into the word, immerse ourselves, dig in, answer questions. We're going to have different ones teaching. It's going to be amazing. So that'll be starting at beginning of September. And it's not only for those that need healing, but for those that also want to be uh, trained and developed in ministering healing. So it'll be a twofold. And um, man, the Bible says that, that God sent his word and healed He sent his word and healed them. And so many times as believers, I'm guilty of this too sometimes, the things that we need from God, we try to come and find it or receive it outside of the word. There is nothing that he gets to us outside of the word. The word of God is the means for deliverance. It's the means for, and you know, it would be nice, right? We all would love it if we could just get hands laid on us and bam, everything's great. The laying on of hands is a way that the Bible, it's a doctrine of the church, which is a means of transferring the power of God physically. The power of God is a tangible thing and can be physically transmitted into a body from from person to person or when somebody has the anointing on them. That, that they're, they're, the power of God will go through that person, through their hands, into that body. But it really is, it's kind of like a uh, jump start is what it is. Many times, if you don't have a, a foundation in the word, you might even sense release from, a relief from whatever symptoms you're feeling in that moment, but it requires the word to bring about the full completion of healing. So it's a jump start, so to speak. And, 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 and so, you know, there's even, you know, Brother Hagen used to teach people how to keep your healing because he would find that people would come, they'd get hands laid on them, they'd get healed, they'd go home, and it would go right back to what they were dealing with before. So there is a, a, a learning in the word of how to receive and how to keep your healing. In fact, um, I don't know, you guys remember Benny Hinn used to have massive crusades with healing ministry, and he was finding out that same thing, that, that people would get healed when the presence of God would come into the room. There would be tremendous miracles that would take place, but there were those that then would go out of that, and they didn't know anything about how to receive from God, how to fight the fight of faith, and they would go back, and, and they'd, their symptoms would come back, and they would just think, oh, well, I guess I wasn't healed. Instead of learning how to fight with the word of God. That's what we're doing here at Life in Christ. We are raising up an army, guys. We're raising up an army of soldiers that know how to fight. That know how to go through the battles of the... It doesn't mean, you know, a warrior is going to have... Obviously, in order to become a warrior, what does that mean? You got to go through some battles, doesn't mean life in a bed of roses. Doesn't mean nothing ever happens that you don't like or that, you, that, that is contrary to what we, we know God wants for us. That will happen. God does not promise that impossible situations, even situations that just look downright impossible. He doesn't promise that they won't come. 
None of us want that, right? We don't want a situation coming up in our life that makes you look at it and say, man, that seems tough. That is, that's just impossible. We don't want that. But God has given us a means to overcome even those situations which he calls in the Bible mountains that look impossible. What looks impossible in your life right now? That's a mountain. But Mark eleven twenty three 23 says, whoever shall say to the mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that what he says shall come to pass. He will have whatsoever he says. There's a lot of things there involved in seeing impossible situations change. In fact, he doesn't even say pray to God about the mountain. Father, look at this mountain. Look at this. How did this get into my life? He doesn't say ask God why the mountain got there. Sometimes that happens. Why did this happen to me? Father, why am I going through this? Why is everything in my life going crazy? Why is my body, why do I have, why am I dealing with this? You know, and then when that happens, you always want to look at somebody else and think, why aren't they dealing with this? Why does it got to be me? That happened, you know, when we went through what we went through with, uh, with, our, with our child. You know, we had a, a child that we lost. And it was like, you look at it and you think, why, why can't, you know, they have a healthy kid, a child, why am I? You know, and so you get into all this pity and why and all this stuff. That doesn't change the situation. <laughs> he doesn't promise that this, you know, situations won't come, but he's given us a way to overcome and to actually move it out of the way. But you've got to actually take the steps. So it's not about praying to God about the situation. Oh my gosh, that's like revelation. You know how many of the church world is caught in praying to God about the situation? He doesn't say pray to God about the mountain. Don't, he doesn't say cry and ask God why. He says speak to the mountain and command it to be cast into the sea. There's a lot of Christians that don't want to speak. Especially when you're really feeling bogged down by something. You don't want to speak. I don't want to speak. I don't want to speak the word. I don't feel like it right now. (laughs) I'm mad. I'm frustrated. I'm depressed. I'm tired. I don't want to speak the word. Well, then you're not going to move the mountain. That's all there is to that. God's ways are God's ways, and they don't change. He loves you, and he wants that mountain. He wants to see you free from that, but he can't change the laws that he's put into place. So if you stand there and say, I ain't speaking that. That's a bunch of hogwash. I know people, you know, people being all crazy about that. Think, name it, claim it. I'm not going to speak to the mountain. God said, Jesus said, whoever shall speak to the mountain, command it to be moved. So you've got to learn, you've got to start speaking. You've got to start, and and what do you speak? You're not speaking your own words, you're speaking the word of God. God's word will not return to him void. His word in your mouth is just as powerful as his word in his mouth. And when you speak the word of God, and when you, when you declare and get, speak back to him what he has spoken to you, it will not return void. That means it'll happen. If you just stick to it, if you just don't give up. But if you keep silent, you're going to lose by default. Well, you know, I'm just going to do my thing, and if God wants it to be, he'll, it'll be. That's the talk of a loser. 
Warriors don't talk that way. Warriors make it happen. Warriors find out how to win and they win. There's no case, Sarah, Sarah, in the kingdom of God. The Bible says the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. There's no passivity. And you sometimes, man, that's the biggest enemy of the church is our passivity, our complacency, our just like, oh, yeah, whatever's going to be will be. If God, the biggest, you know, one of the biggest false doctrines in that sovereignty of God, taking the sovereignty of God and saying, if God wants it to be, it'll happen. Then why is not every person saved? God wills that everyone gets saved, but not everyone's saved. So that's false. Oh, if God wants to heal me, he'll heal me. No, if they're not saved because he wants them saved, then how come everybody's, everybody's going to be healed that he wants healed? No, that Jesus went about. His whole ministry was doing good, healing those that were oppressed. You never heard the words come out of his mouth one time. It's not my will to heal you. Find that scripture verse in the Bible. Find it and show it to me where he said, I'm sorry, you're going to have to suffer that for the glory of God. Find it because you won't find it. He never one time told somebody that's your cross to bear. Sickness and disease is not your cross to bear. Poverty is not your cross to bear. Those are part of the curse. Deuteronomy 28 spells out what is a blessing, what is a curse. And Galatians 3.13 says Christ has redeemed us from the curse. The curse is poverty. The curse is depression. The curse is every sickness that is written there and not written in there. The curse is losing your family. The curse is losing your mind. The curse, I mean, you find one thing being taken captive. The curse is blindness. Those are all tumors, uh, inflammation. Fevers, all of that is under the curse. Christ has redeemed us from the curse. It is not his, your, his will for you to bear something that he bore in your place. Oh, depression is just the thorn in my flesh for the rest of my life. I'm just going to have to battle this. No. No. We're raising up warriors in this place. We're not raising up spectators. We're raising up an army that knows how to fight, that knows how to take what belongs to them, that knows how to grab other people and rescue them out of darkness and bring them into light. We're raising up people that'll lay down their lives for the gospel. We're raising up people that'll go the distance. We're raising up people that know how to get in the trenches. And when somebody else needs somebody to believe with them, that they'll get in there and they'll fight the fight of faith with them and see situations changed, see marriages restored, see bodies healed, see kids delivered out of addiction, see people, families come to the knowledge of God, see the, 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 the power of God change things. I don't want anything less. I'm not in here just to play church. Pastor Joe's not in here just to preach a good message. We want to see change. We want to see radical things happen in your lives. That's what we're after. Man, it's there. It is there. People, Jesus is the, the, he's the one that still does. He has not changed. Radical testimonies of, of, of people being delivered out of a mess. That is your destiny. In God, he'll do it for you. 
And so, praise God, we're raising up an army of warriors who don't shake when situations come up, who don't just go home and bury their head in the sand and cry, but they know what to do. They know how to wield the word of God. They know how to wield the weapons of rejoicing. They know how to take their faith and put it in the blood of Jesus and see darkness scatter like roaches. Come on. You don't have to live tormented and depressed and sick and busted and disgusted. That is not what Jesus died for. He did not die just so you could go one day to heaven. He died so you could have heaven on earth here and now. So you could walk in freedom. So you could walk in liberty from everything that sin has done to humanity. He doesn't want any of it in your life. It's not part of his means to teach you. He doesn't need sin and sickness and all that mess to teach you something. So much religious mindset, messed up thinking in the church that has caused people to just live a defeated life. But that's not happening anymore. There's an army raising up. There's a remnant. Warriors, I'm telling you. (laughs) And sometimes you feel like you're the only one, but oh no, they're coming, they're, they're rising up all over the place, man. We get so stirred up whenever we, we get with, you know, people out of the river or people, Pastor Mark Hankins camp, man, there's, uh, there's warriors raising up that are ready to go the distance that they don't care about fear of man. They're not afraid of anything or anyone. And they're going out there to the byways and the highways and they're, I mean, you just, uh, they lay down their lives. Jesus still heals. Jesus still delivers. Jesus still sets free. Think of John Duke. We're going to have him here sometime. But how, you know, he went in a Walmart, getting ready to go home and blow out his brains, and he was even thinking he's going to kill his girlfriend. And somebody walked up to him in a Walmart told him about Jesus. He went back home in his bathroom stall with the gun in his hands and God revealed himself to him right in the middle of that. He married his wife. He has kids that are serving God. The whole thing turned, 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 turned. Don't tell me your situation's too impossible. There is nothing that God can't turn. He'll bring your husband back. He'll bring your wife back to, 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 into the, to the knowledge of him. He'll bring your kids back. But we've got to learn how to fight in his way. We've, he has given us the tools. We've got to learn how to wield our weapons. They spend how long in boot camp just teaching you how to wield your weapons, Right? You got to get, get used to the gun, take it apart, clean it, do this, handle it. You got to learn your weapon. We've not spent enough time learning our weapons. We're soldiers. The Bible's full of that. Soldiers. We are soldiers in the army of God. And we've got to learn how to wield our weapons. You know, the fruit of the Spirit, really, they're weapons, It's not just like some little frou-frou thing. Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Yay. It's a weapon. 
It is a mighty weapon. And in fact, talked about on Thursday, if you turned in, tuned into Facebook Live, how the fruit of the Spirit is actually the attributes of God. It's how God gets his stuff done. I mean, the way that he is his nature is what accomplishes his will, what enables him. It's part of what, you know, the attributes of God, of the divine. And, um, and the fruit of the Spirit is a, a description of that. And so, you know, I always, like when I was taught the fruit of the Spirit, Growing up, it was always like, okay, are you walking in the fruit? Let's measure up to that. Let's see how you're doing. Um, let, you know, let's try really hard. We got to be kind. But that's such a diminished part of what, what it is. It is the output. It's what God produces. He produces love, joy, peace. Galatians 5.22 lists the fruit of the Spirit. And, and if you go before that, it, you know, it talks about the flesh. So there's a contrast going on, the flesh and the Spirit. What is the flesh? It is the human nature of, you know, the sin, fallen sin nature. The things that have given us struggle our whole life long. Lust, immorality, anger, strife, murder, all of that stuff is a wor are works of the flesh. And it's very clear that if you give in to these things, if you give in to strife, bitterness, animosity, death is going to be the result in your life. But if you walk in the spirit, in the fruit of the spirit, life, success, <laughs> Good things will come out of that. And so let's just take a quick look. Um, can you put uh, Galatians 5.22 up there? The next one. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, Against such there is no law, and those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So the flesh is that thing that's constantly fighting against us to keep us from doing the things that we really want to do. One of the key uh, concepts to get in understanding this is the threefold nature of man. Man is a spirit. This body is not who you are. You have a spirit. You are a spirit on the inside. You have a soul. You have a mind. You have thoughts. You have a will that is able to choose. But the will, your choices is not, are not who you are. I think I've heard it said differently before, that man is a summation of his choices. Maybe your experience is the sum of your choices, but that is not who you are. And your emotions, your feelings are not the true you. We identify so much with our feelings. In fact, we tell people uh, the, 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 the kind of the concept of the world right now is your truth based on how you feel about yourself or about something else, like it's a very fluid thing. And that's a lie. You are not your feelings. Just because you feel some way doesn't make it so. 
kind of a basic truth that has lost its, uh, lost its basis right now. Oh, I feel like I'm this, or I feel like I'm that. Uh, you know, I feel feelings are not who you are. And you live in a body. This body is your shell. It's your house. Once you leave, your body drops like a coat. If I have a coat on and I take it off, it drops to the ground. That's what happens to your body when your spirit leaves. It'll just drop to the ground. You won't be there anymore. It won't live any longer because you're not there. Your spirit is the real you. Now, we know what happened in the fall in the Garden of Eden is Adam rebelled against God. He came under his allegiance to the enemy of God and got a new nature, a new default setting. That default setting went from being from perfection, from being created in the image of God, to being prone to sin, prone to fleshly desires, prone to mess up, failure, sickness. All of those things became the human nature because of what happened in the garden. But praise God, God didn't leave us there. When Jesus came, he died for us. He united himself to us in our mess so we could be united to him in his glory. And he put a new nature back on the inside of us. And that new nature is this right here, the fruit of the spirit, the nature of God. And he made it possible so that you could now live once again free from all of these things that would hold you in bondage and sabotage your life. And you could do the things that you want to do. The real you, what happened was the real you, the spirit of man, took a back seat, got taken out of the driver's seat through Adam. And his body, the urges, you know, bodily urges, whether it's hunger or sex or whatever, became the driving factor in his life. Thoughts and feelings became the driving factor. And so that means you can say, well, I'm going to do this. But at the end of the day, if your body wants it, if your mind wants it, you end up going that way. That's the condition of fallen men. It's a terrible place to be in, isn't it? Feel like you're insane sometimes. The amount of times you want to, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change this. I'm going to start acting better with my family. Or I'm going to be kinder to my kids or whatever. And yet every time... <laughs> Your body takes over, your mind takes over, and you just go down the path of destruction. Jesus came to set us free from that. Put his nature on the inside of us so we could now be free to live. The way to, to be in the driver's seat again. And so the, the, the characteristics that we see here in these verses, we have love. God is love. This is the chief attribute of God. It is failure proof. Includes the decision to forgive. We have the ability to forgive. No matter what anybody has done to us. In fact, the Bible says when you stand praying, forgive. Well, I'm going to need a long time to, to forgive. No, the Bible says you can do it when you stand praying. You can make the choice to forgive. You do it by faith. You don't do it by feelings. You say, 
I'm going to forgive. In obedience to what the word of God is, because the love of God is in me, shed abroad in my heart, I have the ability to forgive, and I choose to forgive now. That's one of the biggest factors in you moving forward into new things out of the old patterns in your life is choosing to forgive. I don't care who it was or what they did to you. If you continue to not forgive them, it's like you drinking the poison and hoping they will die. You're hurting yourself and you're chaining yourself to that event in your life. Somebody abused you and you choose to not forgive them. You're forever chained to that. It will define your life. But when you forgive, you cut that chain and it enables you to move forward from that place and no longer be defined by that event in your life. Somebody deserted you. Somebody cheated on you. Whatever it is, you, if you don't forgive, you're forever tied to that. It'll, 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 it'll define you. But when you choose to forgive... You take an axe and you say, I'm not going to live here anymore. This is not going to define my future. This is not going to ruin my life. I am moving forward. You forgive. So Pastor Joe had a great sermon on that. Then uh, uh, joy means happiness, great pleasure or delight. We know from the Bible that it's the pump that draws on everything Jesus has done. It says, with joy, you'll draw from the wells of salvation. What are salvation? Protection, peace, freedom, healing. How do you get all that moving in your life? Joy is the pump or the bucket that pulls it up. So those are two vital things that hold everything else together. And of course, we know the joy of the Lord is our strength. We know it requires a strong spirit for us to, to uh, not give in to the flesh, but to, to walk in the spirit. When your spirit is strong, these attributes will come out of you. Well, joy is so vital because joy is strength. And so if, if you implement joy into your life, your spirit will be strong to do all the rest of it, to walk in peace. What is peace? Peace. Quietness, calmness, tranquility, and the absence of strife. I, I do not like strife. I hate when you've got that nastiness going between you and somebody else. That bitterness, that back and forth, that, you know, it's just, they, it, the Bible says where strife is, is confusion and every evil thing. Peace is the ability to remain undisturbed even in a crisis situation. Crisis comes up, you're calm, cool, unmovable, level-headed, you're not freaking out. It passes understanding. And then it also means prosperity, peace, being at rest, the, the, the Hebrew word for peace means happiness, friendliness, favor, good health, do well, safety, welfare, rest, peace. The attribute of, it's, a, it's another part of the nature of God that is now, if you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it's part of who you are. 
You say, well, I don't ever feel peace. Well, you've got to learn how to walk in the spirit. You've got to start to renew your mind with the word of God. And you've got to learn how to take these things by faith. Sometimes we're waiting to feel something before we believe we have it. Well, I'll act joyful when I feel joyful. That is like doubting Thomas right there. I'll believe that you're, al- that, that, that you're alive when I put my hand in your side, Jesus. And Jesus said, you believe because you see, but blessed are those who believe without having seen. That is how everything in the kingdom of God works. You believe before you see. Patience or long-suffering. You can leave that verse up there. Just leave it up on the screen, the Galatians 5.22. Um, Patience is the quality that does not surrender to circumstances or succumb under trial. It's not a passive thing. Sometimes we think patience is like, okay, we'll sit back and wait. No, patience, it's it's like a bulldog. You grab hold on something and you just don't let it go. I mean, you just picture things trying to come at you, trying to, and you just don't let that thing go. You are not like a bulldog grabs on with his teeth and you can't shake them off. That's what patience is like. It's associated with hope. It's the steadfastness of your soul even when you're being provoked. And an attitude of cheerful endurance in the midst of tests and trials. It causes us with faith to inherit the promises. Hebrews 6.12 says, imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. Then you have kindness. Do you have the Galatians 5.22? Kindness and goodness. Those are two traits that kind of work together. Goodness is the state of being which is the foundation for kindness. God is good, and because he's good, he does good to you. Kindness is when you're friendly, gentle, tenderhearted, generous, affectionate, well-dispositioned, courteous. Never confuse gentleness with weakness. Gentleness, I like this. I got this. I think I got it from Gloria Copeland. Gentleness is power under complete control. Isn't that good? Power perfectly reigned in. Somebody who, who, who has the great power but doesn't know how to rein it in is just a reckless, they can't channel their power to accomplish something. But when, and that's really the nature of God, the nature of God, he is all powerful, but he is completely in command of every part. He's not just like, he's in complete command. You know what I mean? Like perfectly controlled power. Faithfulness, dependable, being steadfast or trustworthy. True to your word, diligent in fulfilling responsibilities. You know, this fruit of the spirit is really the key to complete and total victory. If you want to live a victorious life, where you are in dominion, where you're in the driver's seat. That's what this looks like. Because when you don't, when you step away from those things, you step, you lose control. You go back into that sin nature, and man, you might think that you can step in and out of that, but it's like Pastor Joe gives the example of the fish. You think, oh, I'll just take a little nibble, and bam, you're hooked. And suddenly you're trying to change, and you can't change a thing. 
No matter how much you try, you're just right one foot forward, two foot back, two feet back. It's the depravity of the human condition without God. You think you're in control, and then all of a sudden the whole thing blows up in your face. Meekness is humbly patient even under provocation from others. That means that somebody else's mess and somebody else's instigation can't control you. When they're having a bad day, when they're egging you on, you, are, uh, you move when you want to move. You're not making me move. You're not making me respond. I'll respond the way I choose to respond, not because you're saying this. Total dominion. It's not weakness at all. Sometimes we look at things and you think, oh, meek and humble. It seems so, so like a doormat, just, you know, just bull. It is total power. In fact, it has to do with the strength to trust God to take care of situations so you don't have to fight your own way. When we want to get in there and try to make something happen, usually causes us to actually push it further away. When I try to make my husband see something, there's usually a bigger argument at the end of that. <laughs> You're going to see it my way. <laughs> and at the end of it, like we're, we're, you know, we're worse, but we're worse off than we were at the beginning. But when I step back, I'll tell you what, have you ever experienced that? You step back and you say, all right, Lord, and next minute, he's like, okay, baby, I see, your, you know, I see what you're saying, da, 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 da. And I didn't have to do a thing. But your flesh doesn't like that, right? Your flesh wants to, like, tit for tat and, and be right and prove that you're right and win the argument. It never works. <laughs> I have never gotten him to see it my way by coming at him in the flesh. But when we step back and we say, all right, Lord, putting this in your hands. Even if I've been mistreated or I feel mistreated, I say, all right, Lord, I'm going to trust you to make this right for me. Those are the times when I get the best apologies. <laughs> for real. <laughs> so meekness is allowing God to fight your battles. It doesn't make you a pushover. It's full of spiritual backbone. You can confront properly, but you don't overexert. You're not trying to prove yourself or assert yourself. It's like confidence, peace. You got that swag, like you don't need to prove anything. It's meekness. And then, of course, self-control. The ability to control our physical tendencies and keep our bodies in check. Possession power. That's a soldier. That's soldier language right there. Soldiers don't have the, the luxury of pressing snooze when they're in, in boot camp, right? Their bodies are in check. They're not just doing whatever the heck they want or feeling like showing up or, you know, how many times do we live that way? But not, we're, we're raising up warriors, right? We got to be in control of our bodies. Man, you feel sabotaged in that. That's, it seems like a tall order. The 
The fruit of the Spirit is Jesus Christ accomplishing in us what we can never hope to do in our own strength. And joy is the pump that gets all those things moving. You still, remember, Pastor Joe, what did he just say? If the devil can steal your joy, he steals your strength and you lose the fight. You can't win a fight when you're weak. It just doesn't happen unless your opponent is like 10 times weaker. But, you, you know, usually you go into a fight, you got to be strong. You got to be at your best. You got to be ready to go. If your strength is, is robbed, if it's taken away from you, you're going to lose the fight. Isaiah 53, 12 says, God is speaking to Jesus, and he t- it's talking about how when, when he said that it pleased him, pleased the Father to bruise him, because he knew that he was laying on him the punishment for us all. And so even though it was his beloved son, in that moment, he allowed him to be afflicted, to be bruised, to lay that on him, and then it says that he's going to give him the spoil, but it says Jesus... Isaiah 53, 12, I need it. It's in the the CEB version. It says, he will divide the spoil with the strong. In order to get the spoil for what Jesus has done for you, it requires strength. The Bible says he spoiled principalities, made a show of them openly. What is that spoiling? He spoiled depression. He spoiled all your demons on the inside that that try to rage in your war. He spoiled your failure. He spoiled your, your insufficiency. He spoiled the sickness and the disease. He spoiled the ability poverty has to, to keep you and suck you back. Poverty is a spiritual thing that will always try to Keep you from being able to take off and succeed the way that you know you can. He spoiled that. But how do you get those spoils? You have to be strong. How do you get strong? We know you feed your your spirit with the word of God. And you exercise joy. All these things are not automatic. It requires uh, even the fight of faith. You know, we call it the fight is a fight of faith. We're not fighting to get victory, but the fight is actually in our minds. The fight is actually over thoughts. The fight is actually over the, the things that try to sabotage you in your thinking that always pull you back and tell you that you can't do it, you're not good enough, or, or whatever it is, the, the mindsets that are holding you back. The fight of faith to believe God, even when everything feels like it's the opposite of what he has said. To believe God that circumstances can change when it's blaring you in the face and it looks so impossible. It It requires strength to do that. A spiritual strength. To not just throw in the towel and say, I'm done. It It requires strength. But the spirit of faith... Man, and that's what we believe is happening to you guys. What's, what happens every time we get in here? We're throwing that, we're, we're casting off the, the radiation of the spirit of faith so that it's something that is caught, you know, and, and the spirit of faith is what made David run at Goliath with a slingshot. Pastor Mark Hankin says it'll cause a tadpole to, to, to slap a whale. It'll cause you to, to take a corn stalk and swing out over hell and spit in the devil's eye. 
It's that kind of audacity that you just, you know, the trash talker. <laughs> but it has some backing to it. <laughs> it makes you talk trash. It makes you have, a, have a, a, a different walk when you walk. It makes you have a fire in your eyes that you're not just taking anything that comes your way. But you know, because you know, you know, you know something. You know the God whom you serve. You know what he has done for you. He said it'll make you take a whole army with a, with a, uh, a water gun and win. You know those kind of warriors? They just don't find excuses. You know, you find out, like, even I, I love the stories of, of Israel when they were facing, like, the Arab nations all around them, and they had no weapons, and, I mean, they would just do weird things, like run a truck back and forth to try to make them believe that they were getting shipments, and, like, all these massive numbers would just, like, get spooked, and, of course, it was because God was on their side, how could David win with a slingshot against a seasoned warrior who was nine foot tall? He just did. The spirit of faith, it'll make you run through a troop and leap over a wall. You don't take no for an answer. You will not be defeated. You will not be silent. You won't draw back. You're going there. If failure is not an option. Oh, man, this is what warriors are made of. We're not making excuses and we get knocked down. Guess what we do? We get back up again. Do we suffer losses? Yes, yeah, sometimes we suffer losses, but we serve a God that knows how to restore those losses and multiply it back to us. Do we lose some battles every now? Oh, lose some, some, some fights every now? Yes, yeah, sometimes we lost a fight here and there, but guess what? We come out stronger. We come out wiser. And next time, come on, baby, you ain't getting the same move on me twice. I'm telling you. You say, well, what happened with the baby when the baby died? Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, there's many things that come against sometimes in a battle. That's why Pastor Joe's right when he says, don't go by somebody else's experience. That battle had many attacks. There were many prongs, many things coming at us. But let me tell you something. It comes up again. I'm not the same person I was then. <laughs> and I've learned some things about the fight. And I'll get in the ring again. And I'm fighting till I win because I got, my God says it's not over till I win. In fact, he's already won the battle and the games will just go on until that battle is actually, the, that victory is reality in my situation. But joy is the strength through that. And so when you're going through tests and trials, the enemy wants to bog you down, get you depressed, sop you of your strength. In Hebrews 11, 11, it says that Sarah received the strength to conceive Isaac. Producing a miracle requires strength. She, and, and guess how she received it? What did she say back in Genesis? She actually named her son laughter. 
She named her son Laughter, and she said, God has made me to laugh. Do you believe God can make you laugh? Sometimes it looks hard, right? (laughs) Sometimes we see faces and we think, can God make them laugh? Yes, he can make them laugh. He can make you laugh. (laughs) He has designed you with the ability to laugh in the midst of adversity. Let's just talk out about a few natural things about laughter. You know, when God is telling you rejoice in every situation, rejoice in trials and tribulations, rejoice, that's an expression of joy. Why is he telling you to do that? Because he knows what it'll do for you. Laughter... There's a doctor by the name of Dr. Avery Jackson, who's a neuroscientist, and he put out some studies on laughter. And he talks about how God's immune system that he gave you is built with, has killer cells in it. And their job is to kill virus, bacteria, anything that doesn't belong in your body, including tumors. And they're called gamma something interferon and T cells. If you strengthen these cells, they will multiply. Laughter, joy, confidence, faith, multiply those cells. Guess what weakens them? Fear, anxiety, anger, strife, depression. People, that's why people with depression are more apt to have disease. Laughter and exercise, he said that it actually can repair. Even for Alzheimer's patients, One of the reasons they start, I mean, a lot of times it's older people because they become sedentary and they become depressed and they're sedentary and their lack of activity. But laughter and exercise, just getting the blood flowing and laughing can actually repair cells in your brain, which means that even conditions like that are, are reversible. It lowers the blood pressure, it increases the vascular blood flow and oxygenation of the blood, it gives you a workout to your diaphragm, your respiratory, facial, leg, and back muscles, it defends against respiratory infections, it increases memory and learning, alertness, creativity, and memory. And they have found, I didn't even get this off of a Christian website, it was like a laughter therapy. You can look it up. They do it in cancer institutions. They have laughter therapy. And they have found that fake laughter can be just as effective as real laughter. And usually will give way to the real kind. Pastor Mark Hankins, he'll always be a ha, 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 ha. He was like, why do he keep doing that? He ain't laughing for real. Ha, ha, ha. Sometimes you just got to start somewhere. You know what I mean? You just got to start somewhere. And it says if you will do that, often it will actually give way to the real kind. They use it in cancer institutes to relieve pain, stress, and improve a person's sense of well-being. There was one study, a, bo- a man that wrote a book in 1979, and he had so much pain that he was unable to move. And he found that with 10 minutes of laughter, two hours of pain-free sleep could be procured. 10 minutes of laughter. You know how many people actually don't even laugh 10 minutes in a day? It's astounding. I bet you we would be shocked. And so when, G, when, when he's telling us rejoice, it's because he's wanting you to activate all these things. He said a merry heart does good like a medicine. 
You don't even have to figure out all your problems. If you'll just get happy (laughs) in the middle of them and say, you know what? I'm not going to let this get me down. I'm going to put my faith in God. I'm going to believe that God is on my side. I'm going to believe that there's a way through this. I'm going to believe that my situation is not impossible. I choose to believe that God said all things are possible. I choose to believe that he said that he'll turn things around and he'll turn my captivity again. I choose to believe that if God is on my side, that no weapon formed against me shall prosper and you start to build yourself up on that and then you just start to choose to get happy about it that's where we miss it sometimes we're like I believe that by his stripes I'm healed and I believe that victory is coming on the other side of all of these problems I mean that's great that you're saying that but (laughs) you're not really activating the whole thing right there Pastor Mark's like, sometimes you got to have a happy tongue. Sometimes like, I just was praying. You know, he's like, people come out of praying and they're all bogged down. He's like, I don't know what you've been doing, but you come out of a meeting with God. You're like, okay, things are going to be okay. My battles, I don't even have to fight them. I have a God who, who, who casts out demons with his finger, who, who goes up, has a fire that goes before him and burns up all his enemies. I'm getting like tongue-tied. I'm like, <laughs> I have a God. No foe can withstand his power. The kingdom of God, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Joy is a harvesting factor, guys. Sometimes people sow without much of a harvest, whether it's the word, whether it's even your speaking, whether it's money, you sow without much of a harvest because you participate in the sowing, but you don't participate in the harvest. The way you participate in the harvest is great joy. We have got a joy deficiency in the body of Christ that isn't going to be a deficiency anymore because he is restoring to us the joy of our salvation and the move of the Holy Ghost will always bring joy. The, he, the Holy Spirit, he is the, his, his uh, power is called the anointing. It's just the power of God to take your burdens off your back Make things right that we're wrong. And that's called the oil of joy. You can't find a sad Holy Spirit. He is happy. He is filled with joy. He he is filled with strength. That's how he can be the strengthener. He is liquid God. And so while you rejoice, when you rejoice on what the word of God has said, the Holy Spirit is jumping into your mess. He's bringing things out of order, into order. He's making ugly things pretty. He's reaching into your future and causing things that were uh, set up to, to make you stumble, causing them to be made clear, clear in the way. While you rejoice... In the book of Acts, it says they were filled with joy in the Holy Spirit. They weren't without problems. So stop waiting for your problems to receive the joy. They had a lot of problems, but they received, they filled that joy, and they went out, and man, they wreaked havoc on the enemy's kingdom. They brought in thousands into the kingdom. It says in Proverbs 28, 12, when the righteous rejoice, there is great glory. Psalm 511, let all who take refuge and put their trust in you rejoice. 
Let them sing and shout for joy because you make a covering for them and defend them. Let those who love your name be joyful and in high spirits. Guys, it sounds to me like this isn't just a suggestion. It sounds like this is a command. I don't think I can. Well, then God is doing a great injustice in commanding you to do something that it is impossible for you to do. You can rejoice. You do it by faith. I remember when I was in one of the worst mental states of my life. I started going into Pastor Mark Kinkin's meetings. And I mean, I was, I I had thoughts of like, just, I didn't want to be in ministry anymore. Thoughts that I didn't even, you know, just all kinds of crazy crap running through my head. But when I would get into those meetings, he would start to preach along these lines. And he'd start to, and he talked about the blood of Jesus and how you can plead the blood of Jesus over your own mind and over your own will. And even if you want to do all the wrong things, you can put your faith in the blood of Jesus to actually take those wrong desires out and make you want to do the right desires. And I began to exercise on these things. And I began to lift my voice when he would say, all right, we're going to rejoice. Let's lift our voice. I would do that right in the middle of my mess. And I'll tell you what, I I rejoiced my way out of a trap of the enemy into the will of God for my life. (laughs) He said, count it all joy when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete Lacking nothing. Habakkuk 3, 17 to 18. That's probably the last one on there. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the trees, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fruit fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold and have no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Maybe that's what your life looks like right now. You're like, man, everything is barren. There's no fruit on the vines, no money in the account. There's no no food in the house or there's no whatever. Everything is going wrong. But it says if you will, I'm telling you, if you will lift up your voice, you got to open your mouth. But if you will lift up your voice, you know, and even you can just, I learned Melissa Swindle. She was, she talks about how she got delivered from suppression and she just Ha, ha, ha. Thank you, Lord. I will not be depressed. I thank you, Father. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And she just starts moving around. She said she had to pull herself out of the bed and start doing, I mean, it's just, she just started somewhere. You know what I mean? Moving her feet. It was a a start to a dance. (laughs) You might not even be there yet. Maybe you're like, I can't lift my voice. I can't laugh. Start somewhere. Open your mouth. Say something. Pray. Say, even if you just start with praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You know, it doesn't even have to be fancy. I've got, I've had the power of God fall in my room just off of those. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And you just, the praise, the praise in your mouth, it will cause things to turn as you choose to rejoice. So let's just take a minute right now. You know, I know we've got a lot of different situations in here. You're facing different things, different family issues, different physical issues. Maybe you feel like you're not seeing a lot of results. 
It's been a while since I've seen a breakthrough. Where's your joy level? Joy is the breakthrough factor. I know it might seem like a long shot. Maybe that's the best you can do is just say, Father, I choose to believe in you. And maybe you don't even, (laughs) I choose to rejoice, Lord. I'm going to choose that with your help. I put my faith in your power to cause me to to be able to to release joy, just to to obey your word. And, And you can plead the blood, plead the blood over your mind. Say, Father, help me get all this stupid thinking out. I plead the blood of Jesus. And it's power to straighten me out. Oh, it's so good to know. He can straighten you out. Even when your will is jacked up, the power of the blood to come in, make you what you should be. So if you're able to, let's stand and let's just, let's just open our mouth right now. Just say something. Get, let, let the Holy Spirit give you even something to say to your situation. Father, I believe that nothing is impossible for you. Father, I believe that you are able to, to do all, to perfect all that is in me. To do your will in my life, Lord. I put my faith in the blood, in the power of the blood to straighten things out where there's a mess. I thank you for the Holy Spirit. And I'm just going to get happy about the fact that I'm not alone right now. I'm going to get happy about the fact that you've committed yourself to help me in my situation. I'm going to get happy in is my response. Because everything about God requires a response. He 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 opens the way for you to come, but you've got to come. He makes salvation available, but you've got to open your mouth and confess that Jesus is Lord. And so you've got to respond. And the more that you respond to him, the greater his power becomes activated in your life. This is how you'll win your battles. Telling you, I've proven this. This is how you can rejoice your way into a healed marriage, into healing in your body, into finances that are, that, are, that are messed up, being straightened out. You can rejoice your way into provision. I'm telling you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We praise you that you are faithful to your word. We thank you, Father. Your word never fails, Father. We thank you, Father. (laughs) You're working on our behalf. You're working on our situation. Lord, I'm just going to get happy about that right now. I'm going to think about, just think about the most impossible thing in your life right now and just say, you know what? Ha, ha, ha. (laughs) You're not going to get me down. You're not going to get me depressed. Ha, ha, ha. I believe God. I believe God. I believe he is able. I believe he's on my side. Ha, ha, ha. There's no mess he can't get me out of. There's no situation he can't turn around. There's nothing in me he can't fix. Hallelujah. Ha, 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 ha. Hallelujah. I rejoice in my God. I rejoice in your power. I don't care how long it's been. I don't care how bad it's looked. Anything is possible if you will believe. If you believe, you'll see the glory of God. (laughs) Lord, I rejoice in my hope of seeing your glory in every area of my life. I expect it, Lord. I expect to see you show up. I expect to see things change. I expect to go home and find out something's different. (laughs) Hallelujah. I don't have to wait to see it to get happy about it. I'm believing you, Lord. I'm putting my trust in you. 
I'm pulling back from my own efforts and I'm putting it in your hands, Father. And I know you're able. I know you're faithful. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Those defeat thoughts try to come into your mind. Don't even tolerate. Just ha, 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 ha. What are you going to do if it doesn't work? What are you going to do if the money doesn't come in? What are you going to do if you die? Ha, 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 
like, what's the word? Like nuclear power, like divine energy just starts to into your situation. I felt that before, guys. I have felt as that in our rejoicing that it, it just, it'll just blow the top off of depression. Blow the top off of discouragement and doom and gloom, man. It'll blast right through that. And the power of God, it is tangible. It'll into your situation and things cannot stay the same ah, you're going up guys you're going up you're not going under you're not getting worse you're not going under you're not going under everything the enemy has told you about your future I say over you right now that it is done in the name of Jesus and you are free by the power of the anointing of God right now to be everything he's called you to be, to live and to walk in your destiny and to receive all of the blessings of God in your life. Hallelujah. Ha, 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 It'll be like a dream. <laughs> you'll be, you'll be in a house. The house, man, it's like a dream. You'll look at your bank account. <laughs> you'll say it's like a dream. <laughs> you know, I tell these stories of, of people, right? Like this, this woman with their husband and her, and her son, or, or there's another couple that Pastor Mark always talks about that they were always broke and, and one, and, and they, they put these things into practice. And one day his wife yelled out, honey, come look at the checkbook. We've hit a hundred thousand in the checkbook. Like they rejoiced and, 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 and the spirit of faith took them into their destiny. They never thought they could ever see a hundred thousand dollars in their checkbook. But what I want to say is, I tell you these stories, but guys, this is going to be you. I'm going to be telling your story. Come on now. I believe it with all my heart. I believe it. I'm going to be telling your story of your husband or your wife coming in here. I'm going to be telling your story of your kids that used to be serving the devil, living like hell. And now all of a sudden, now here they are serving God with all their heart. How do you get there? How do you harvest? With joy. Believe God. Just refuse to stop. Take that fruit of patience and latch onto the promise like a bulldog. And just don't let anything shake your teeth off of that thing, man. I mean, it just like this. I mean, it might be coming and you just hold on to that thing. You are not letting go. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Just thank him one more time. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing. Thank you, Father, for bodies that are being healed right now. Thank you, Father, for your anointing destroying the yokes. Thank you, Father. Depression broken right now. Thank you, Father. Mental, mental stuff gone right now in the name of Jesus. Ha, 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 ha. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. The yoke of poverty broken. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Free to prosper. Free, free to, to expand and increase in the name of Jesus. 
It'll stop being like you have holes in your wallet. And it'll start, you'll start to see things, start to, to, to multiply. Praise God. Harvest factor, guys. Harvest factor. You've been sowing. Now, how do you harvest? You'll harvest with joy. Praise God. Baby, you want to say anything? Uh, Pastor Marlene's got something. A vision came to me. <laughs> and it's for myself. But I saw, you know, like the people of Israel, when they didn't see their, their sins, their, their needs met, what was the sin that they did? Complain. Complain with our attitude, with our minds. And the Lord gave me a vision when my daughter was talking there. He said this to everyone. You go home or any time, you know, to take this now into purpose in your heart to be adored. You start to sense the Lord and to rejoice. It's many serpents that we have allowed to come in our homes. Division, strife, contention, sickness and diseases, and all that junk of the curse. He said he will, you will see the glory of God in that situation. Broken relationships. Start to rejoice. Start to serve the Lord and do it by faith. Just like the Holy Spirit spoke to us this morning. Hallelujah. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, that's the step, number one step. You don't even have the ability to access these things without Jesus. He's the access point. He's the way, the truth, the life. And so if you are watching or if you're here in this room and you say, number one, I've never made Jesus the Lord of my life. If I died today, I don't even know for sure where I would go then I want to give you an opportunity to know for certainty that your destination is secure, that you are saved, that you are called by God, called of his own, brought into his family. It's not by anything we can do. We cannot earn our way there. Impossible. You can't do enough good things. You can't be, be, be you know, you can't try to work it up. It, the, 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 the ability to go into to access all of these things comes only through perfection. And God knew we could never do that. So he gave us Jesus, who is perfect. If you want to make him the Lord of your life today, or if you have once served him and you say, man, I knew him once, but I've fallen away. I'm the prodigal son. I've gone and I've tried all the things of the world. And it's, man, it's left me destitute. It's left me just messed up. But I want to come home today. I want to come home. The Father will run to meet you. But he always requires a response. You must give the invitation. You must take that first step home. He made the steps to you already. But it requires a response. If that's you, if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you have made him once and you say, I've fallen away and I want to come back, I want to invite you to raise your hand right now with every eye head bowed and every eye closed. Just lift your hand and say, I'm coming back or I want Jesus to be the Lord over my life right now. If you're, if you're watching on Facebook, do it right where you're at. Just put your hand up right now. Say, I'm coming home. I'm opening the door to you. All it takes is an invitation, and he will respond to that. Just say with me right now. Say, Father in heaven, I call on the name of Jesus right now. You said anyone who calls on the name of Jesus 
will be saved. So I call on you. I believe that Jesus died for me. I believe you rose him from the dead. And I say right now, Jesus, you are my Lord. I say it in the face of every situation, every problem that's even inside of me. Jesus is my Lord. Wash me with your blood. Fill me with your spirit. Make me a, a soul winner. Use my life for you, for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, the Bible says that all of heaven is rejoicing. It says that, that, uh, that um, you become a new creature. It's a brand new start. Today's a brand new start. You can start fresh right now. God is the God of new beginnings, fresh starts, and he's on your side. There's so much to discover in him, so much, but he's given you victory, and he has made you to be a victor. I pray right now over each and every person in here. I pray, Father, that your spirit will rise up on the inside of them. Show them the path to victory in every situation. I pray, Father, that light and truth will just multiply in their hearts and in their homes. I pray, Father, that you will strengthen them in the, on the inside, that they will be strengthened with might by your spirit in their inner man. I pray, Father, that you'll make crooked paths straight. You'll cause wrong things to be made right. You'll get, you'll, thank you that you're not afraid of their mess but let them know that you're right there to get right in the middle of it with them and you're the God who brings chaos into order and I thank you father that you are bringing order into every area of their lives right now in the name of Jesus I pronounce the blessing over you you are qualified by the blood of Jesus to receive all of God's best blessings in the name of Jesus you are blessed going in blessed coming out com coming in going out you're the head and not the tail above and not beneath hallelujah your children are blessed your property is blessed your vehicles are blessed we call every part of your life blessed in the name of jesus we love you guys so much thank you thank you for listening to the life in christ church podcast Help us to continue to share the message of faith with those all over the world. Visit licchurch.com forward slash give to partner with us today.